Did you know athletes have a higher risk of developing drug and alcohol addiction? Retired athletes especially are more likely to turn to alcohol to cope with their recent identity loss. I unfortunately am all too familiar with this because that's how I began to process what I was going through when swimming ended for me. Today I sit down with Alexandra Zahner, who herself has undergone a seven and a half year journey of removing alcohol from her life. We discuss the benefits of sobriety and how other athletes, especially younger ones, can begin to be a little bit more sober curious in their journey of learning who they are. Alex is on a mission to guide others on a journey of self-exploration, adventure, and personal growth, and today's episode does just that. If you're wondering how to make friends without drinking, what to do on the weekends, or even how to date without alcohol being that main connector, being asked out to drinks, or whatever that first date looks like, today's conversation is for you. So let's dive into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by Alexandra today, and we are going to be talking all the things. First and foremost, you're coming in from Minnesota. How the heck are you up there? Well, it's not snowing. It's not sleeting. The sun is out. So we're doing pretty good overall. We have yet to experience a true spring here, um, but I will take the sun being out today. Have the lakes thawed yet? Like, Or is it still full on ice bath if you just want to go into it? <laughs> they thawed two weeks ago. And the first weekend they thawed, my parents put their dock in and they were ready to go, except my husband was saying that when he was putting the dock in and they were in their waders, there was legit ice chunks still very much in the water. But now the boats are in and I think we're going to do the inaugural cruise this weekend. I love it. I love it. I have been making all these internet friends up in your area that keep convincing me because I do the ice baths. They're like, so when are you going to get up here and do a real one? I'm like, what do you mean a real one? Like my ice bath is pretty cold. It's 32 <laughs> degrees. There's a chunk of ice in it. I don't need to like cut a hole in a, in a lake and go submerge there, but I understand where you guys are coming from. So maybe next year we'll make it happen. It sounds like I missed the chance right now. I will, I will say I'm biased. If you're going to come visit Minnesota, you got to come in the summer, but if you're really wanting to come to do a Minnesota Lake ice bath, you can do that as well. But summers are the best here. We'll do two trips. We'll make it happen. Um, <laughs> One of the things I'm really fascinated in just our buddy uh, connecting us, Zach, and getting to know you more and more and more about your journey is this beautiful journey of sobriety that you've been on for, correct me if I'm wrong, seven plus years now, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Seven and a half. Incredible. What, do you mind sharing what sparked that initially for you? Mm -hmm. So I started drinking in junior high, high school age, uh, kind of just experimenting with it as kids do. And the first time I drank did not go so hot for me. And then you go to college where everyone around you is drinking, right? It's kind of the thing you go out to a party, people are drinking or drinking during the day. It's very much a binge drinking culture. And that was very much how I went about college. I was out with my friends just as college kids do. Unfortunately, it's kind of like the thing that everyone does. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was really, it seemed like I was just drinking like everybody else. And it wasn't until I graduated that I recognized how alcohol was serving me and my relationship with it was actually more detrimental than my peers. 
And it was detrimental in ways that honestly, I didn't recognize when I chose to get sober. I stopped drinking because for a really long time, the person that I was dating at the time was like, I love being around you when you're not drinking. But when you're drinking, it's like, am I going to get a fun version of you? Or am I going to get this like crazy wild version of you that really isn't fun to be around? My friends usually had to decide who would take care of me for the night. And what was like the catalyst to me finally being like, okay, something needs to change. It wasn't really everyone else being like, you need to stop. Or my parents being like, you need to stop. I put myself into a situation where I cheated on the person that I was with. And that for me was a wake up call of like, "Mm, that's not the type of person that you are. And when you're drinking, you're really becoming someone that you're not. And that made me start to really see like how alcohol was impacting me and making me do these things that like, I don't want to be seen as like, I want to be someone that is inspiring and a good person and motivates the people around me is a good friend, a good daughter. And that was the catalyst to be like, okay, maybe I need to look at my relationship with alcohol. And so I stopped drinking and I was like, I'm going to do this for 30 days. I'm going to see what happens. And I felt really freaking good. And I got so confident in how good I felt that I started to believe, okay, well, maybe you know, maybe total sobriety isn't for me. And I started to loosely drink again with some of my friends, very like casual, like wine nights and different things and ended up having a not, I don't know how deep into detail you want me to go. As far as deep as you were comfortable sharing. Yeah. So uh, probably for about two or three weeks after I made it 30 days, I was like super proud of myself And it really felt amazing. I loved working out. I felt really good in my workouts. I wasn't fighting with my parents. I felt really confident in myself for those 30 days. It was challenging. I was 23 and everyone around me was going out, but I felt good. Um, But I still felt like I was missing out on things. And so I tried drinking. And after a few times, I ended up the last time I drank waking up in a hospital bed and not really remembering the night before. And it was a night that was supposed to be just like casual wine night. And I'm someone that I get caught up in the night. I'm like, all right, we're having a good time. Things are going well. And I woke up and I didn't know why I was there. And they basically told me that I had fallen asleep in a vestibule of an apartment I didn't know where my phone was or my keys. I luckily knew my roommate's phone numbers by heart. I called them because I wasn't actually admitted to the hospital. They picked me up. They drove me home to our place. And I had to call my dad from their phone, tell him what was going on. And this was a time when iPhones were around, which in college, I didn't have an iPhone. So I just lost my phone and it was never coming back. This time I could find my iPhone and it took me to my car and my keys and my purse and my phone. And that whole incident was the last straw for me. It was very much like, A, I had driven myself at some point, don't remember doing that, had left my car at some point, didn't remember doing that. And there was all these different things that I was like, okay, you're putting yourself and you're putting others in really harmful situations. Like, is going out and drinking like is that it or is there more and i started to realize like there has to be something more and 
that was a really scary realization for me of like removing alcohol because it is so prevalent in how we socialize. And I was 23 when I made that decision, got sober on my 24th birthday. So September 17th, 2014th is my sobriety date. And that was like the end catalyst for me. It was just like, I was really sick and tired of trying to figure out how to make alcohol work in my life, that it really was apparent the only way for it to work was to totally remove it for me. Mm. One, I appreciate you sharing all of that, especially at the level that you did. It It does mean a lot. And what, what was that like to start to explore making friends and keeping friends at 24 years old, making this decision? Because I can, I mean, I'm a few years later, I made that decision 25 going on 26. So not all that much later, but still, I know what has kind of worked and hasn't worked for me, but I would love to hear your experience in navigating it. And actually, I want to add to someone DM me the other day and was like, I'm 22. I want to explore sobriety. I'm very similar, honestly, situation to what you just described. And they added in, they live in Wisconsin and it's really cold. And that seems to be the only thing to do to socialize during the winter months. So I'd be curious with you being in the really cold areas as well. (laughs) What does one do at 22, 24, 25 to continue to socialize? Mm -hmm. That was probably what was the most scary for me was this idea of removing something that we as a culture view as the connector. Mm. And at that young age, when I got sober, it was just for me, I knew that this was what I had to do for myself. And I was very lucky. I had a group of friends that was super supportive in that decision. The day that I woke up in the hospital, I literally texted my friends and said, Hey, I'm going to get myself into an outpatient treatment. I need you guys to support me in this. And they were super, super supportive. However, in the sober group of women that I lead, some of the women have had to eliminate relationships because they have friends that they finally realized, oh, we're not actually friends. Like we get together and we drink, but I don't know this person and they don't know me. And I have come over the last few years of sobriety to really understand how much pressure we as a culture put on ourselves of like this idea that when we're drinking, we're building relationships. When in sobriety, I found I have stronger relationships with people I've known for less amount of time than anybody I've known for like ever that I used to drink with. But it's because we are served up this idea of if I have a drink with you, we're connecting, we're having fun, we're having a great time, but we're not actually getting to know each other. And so I think at a young age, it was like, at first I so badly still wanted to be a part of those social scenes. Mm -hmm. And so I put myself in those settings and going back, like, I wish I would have, like, if I could go back and tell my younger self, like, it's going to be okay. Like, you don't need to go to the bar to have fun. And now I know that. And I've come to know that over the last few years, there's so many other things that you can do socially with friends. So to that person that messaged you, like I would tell them it's first 
you know, talking to the people in your life, like letting them know that this is something that you're wanting to explore, right? You're sober curious, or if they're someone that maybe identifies as somebody that truly struggles with alcohol, they recognize that and they're able to talk to the people in their lives and say like, this is something that's important to me and I want to explore removing this and I love your support. And then like the things that you can do for fun in the cold weather, when it is cold, For me, it's been like going out and exploring the outdoors, bundling up, whether it's snowshoeing, skiing, snowboarding, whatever it might be, or like getting your friends to go out and do things with you in settings that maybe you do go to a brewery, but like you look ahead and you see that they have non-alcoholic options. And I think that's one of the coolest things is when I got sober, nobody my age was talking about sobriety. Like nobody. I went on social media and there was not people really talking about sobriety where now it's like people are talking about it. And there's a whole movement going on for people that are sober, sober curious. And it's really, really amazing to see. Like, I wish I had the support that I've seen now. And so for that person or anybody that's like curious about sobriety, like go on social media and you're going to be able to find people probably in your area that are also sober. I went to a sober social this last weekend and it was with my sober group. And we were like, well, I wonder like who's going to be there. And we ended up meeting like an entire another sober group of women. But like you think that you think you're like the only one. And then you realize like there's so many other people out there. And so there is so much you can do. There's this thing called Daybreaker. They don't come to the Midwest yet, but hopefully they will. And it's like this entire party where it's nobody's drinking. It's completely sober. You get up in the morning and you literally like get up at the break of dawn and it's a dance party and people are just having fun and you're just really enjoying time with people. And that's what I think we need as a culture to talk about is like sobriety is giving us our lives back to actually foster true connection. Did that answer your question? Sorry, that was you answered not just that question, but all these other questions that I had too. So I really appreciate that. And something came to mind as you were talking there, um, like the brewery example, looking ahead, I actually was just in Austin looking for places. I'm, I'm making this transition there in the next month or so. And when I was there, I had some friends visit me from um, back home. They, we got together post-college, really became close friends, so to speak. And as you were talking about you start to realize like when drinking's out of the picture like are they really your close friends and it's funny because they came we came together because of this master swim league that we did together but we didn't that was the original connector we really connected over we're going to go out and drink every friday saturday sunday and of that larger friend group, these two are the two that have like stuck in my life as I've kind of made this decision and traveled and moved and everything has happened in my life, but they've been constant there. And they came to visit me in Austin at the same time. And part of me was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do in Austin? Because I kept hearing one of them talk about, yeah, like Sixth Street is awesome. We got to get on and rainy and all this stuff. I was like, I'm kind of a little bit overwhelmed and anxious about both of those. What what am I going to do? I was very grateful. I mean, you were saying supportive friends. They were super supportive of my uh, decision. There was one 
they were like, are you sure you're still doing this? I was like, yes, I am. They're like, okay, cool. And that was it for the weekend. We went to a brewery and I thought what was super neat was they had, they could try all the craft flight beers. And then they had all the, this coffee shop conjoined with the brewery. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to have like three coffees debates there of that, if that is healthier or not. (laughs) But to me, I was like, this is super cool that I can try a hazy cold brew, which was like strawberry lemonade and cold brew. I was like, Mm -hmm. I never would have thought of trying that beforehand, but it's nice to have those options. And I, the light bulb moment that came up for me, as you were saying that is it's almost no different than when you make a dietary choice or you have to change your diet, right? You find out you're gluten-free now. So then you start to look ahead to the menus of the places that your friends suggest that you go out to eat. And you would just say, Hey, look, this place doesn't really have a ton of gluten-free options. Can we go here instead? Mm -hmm. They have like four or five things that I can choose from. Why don't we start doing that around the social drinking Mm -hmm. um, session as well? Have have you found that? Is that becoming more prevalent in your areas and areas that you're traveling to as well? Totally. I, when I first got sober, it was rare that I could find anything other than a water. So like my go-to was like a sparkling water and lime. And now I would say, it's the opposite. It's rare for me to go out to eat and there not to be an NA menu out where I go. And that is so cool to see that we are starting to make the shift of realizing like people want to go out and they might want to have like a fun beverage, but they don't want to have like the feeling of brain fog or headaches from feeling hungover from wine, but they still want to, you know, participate in those things. And it's what's always interesting to me. I loved what you were talking about of how when you go out to eat and maybe you're gluten free, there are options there. And why can't we make this more of like a normalized thing? Like someone choosing to not drink, whether it's because they identify as an alcoholic or they're making the decision because of health and wellness reason, or they're just making the decision because they've realized like alcohol doesn't serve them, whatever it may be why can't we get to a point as a culture? And I really hope we can, but why is that the only drug that is ever questioned? Like you don't hear someone say, Oh, you don't do Coke. Oh, (laughs) you, you don't, you don't do, you don't smoke weed. Like nobody is questioning that when someone says, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna smoke a joint with you tonight. But like you say like, no, I'm not going to drink a beer with you tonight. It's instantly. Well, why? Mm. And we need to be having these conversations to normalize it. Like it's just as normal to say, I don't want to have a drink as it is to say, I don't want to smoke a cigarette. It's no different, but we as a society view it as different for some reason. And we need to make that shift by having these conversations and normalizing the fact that choosing not to drink is a totally normal thing. And we shouldn't make people feel outcasted for it. We should embrace that and support them and encourage them and motivate them on that choice. Just like we would somebody that smokes if they decide to stop smoking, like it's no different. Yeah. Absolutely. That's such a good observation. It is, it's what, what's helped me. And I'd be curious to, to get your opinion and experience on this too. Um, especially when I first started my own journey a little over a year plus ago, I would schedule things early in the morning, uh, the next day. So that if I were to go out and socialize the night before I had a quote unquote valid excuse for me to leave at a certain time, still get some sleep 
And also when I was questioned why I'm not drinking, I could say, well, I'm running a half marathon in the morning because I'm training for a marathon and people would be like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we won't question it. Isn't it funny that we almost need something bigger than just a simple, no, I'm not yeah. doing this yep. for other people to actually back off and stop pressuring you. What, what are ways that you started that? Or was it just day one? Like, this is it. No going yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was very much like, I can't keep doing this because when I was drinking, I call it the roller coaster mm-hmm. of, you know, I'd have a few good nights with my friends and I would start to kind of get cocky again. Like, okay, well, like alcohol can't control me. And then I would have a few too many and something would happen where maybe I was mean to somebody or I lost something. And it, it, that feeling really sucked. And I was like, so sick of having that feeling. And so for me, it was very much like, okay, do I want to keep trying to like figure out the right amount of alcohol to have, or would I rather just take it out of my life and feel better and in control a hundred percent of the time. And so that's what I had to do. But for somebody that is making the choice to remove it due to, they know they just feel better. They might not be someone that struggles the way that I did. And that's fine. Everybody's story is going to be different, but I think either way, whatever your reason for removing alcohol is like, we should be empowering people on those decisions. We shouldn't be making them feel less than we shouldn't question why, or make it feel like we need an excuse, but we do like, it's the truth. A lot of the people that I know that are sober, we feel like we need to justify why we're not having a drink. And like I was saying, I think the more we can talk about it is like, someone choosing not to drink shouldn't be viewed as any different than someone choosing not to smoke. But whatever the reason is, we as a culture have made drinking out to be this totally normalized thing to do, which that's fine. It's okay to drink. But I think what I want people to hear is that if you or someone you know is choosing not to, like, don't question it. Just like let them make that life choice. Just like we let everyone make the rest of their choices in life. Like, choosing not to drink is just another choice someone's made for themselves to lead a more fulfilled life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to circle back to something you and I were talking before we actually started recording and you mentioned it a few minutes back was this difference between sobriety full and sobriety and sober curious. And I think a lot of people listening to this episode would probably fall into that latter category. Mm -hmm. Um, They are maybe curious about removing alcohol from certain situations, developing deeper relationships or new dynamics to the relationships that exist in their life. Could you just briefly one define each of those Mm -hmm. and then maybe talk about ways you've seen others and helped people explore sober curiosity and and yeah. So for me, I identified in the beginning of my sobriety as an alcoholic. And I think that for me, it was putting that label on myself, allowed it for me to be like, I have a drinking problem and I need to not drink. I will say over like the few years I've started to feel like labeling my drinking isn't something maybe that serves me, but it feels like an easier way for people to not question me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which I definitely want to make a shift for that in uh, society. But for somebody that's sober curious, maybe you are starting to decide that you want to look at your relationship with alcohol a little bit and see how it's showing up for you in terms of, you know, maybe you're realizing you've been hung over a lot lately and you're not really enjoying going to wake up with like that fuzzy feeling or a headache from that one or two glasses of wine the night before. And you're starting to really just question how alcohol is impacting physically and mentally how you feel. And you wonder like, okay, would removing alcohol be a positive impact on my life? And would it bring me closer to the way in which I want to live and closer to my goals and the person that I want to be? And so sober curiosity is just for someone that wants to take a closer look at the role that alcohol plays in their life. And it's just getting curious and seeing like, okay, well, if I remove that like nightly glass of wine that I have after a long workday, how do I feel? And starting to just like really be a little bit of like a life experimenter and experimenting with the ways in which we use alcohol, how it shows up and the ways in which it impacts us that sometimes I think we believe we always feel a certain way because alcohol has been so prevalent in our lives for so long that we don't even know what it could feel like to remove alcohol. For instance, you might just assume I'm a shitty sleeper and you do like one of those sober months, you know, like dry January is a perfect example of people that are sober curious for people that are like, you know, maybe I've been drinking a little bit too much. And I just want to see what it would feel like to go a month without alcohol. And it's a great way to just take a look. And I will say there are people that just do it because they're like, I've been drinking too much and I'm going to stop for 30 days. But if you can view it as like a really beautiful life experiment and see it as this 30 days to just evaluate your life and evaluate that role in which alcohol plays, you're going to learn so much about yourself, right? It's a little bit of a mindset thing. If you go into it and you're like, God, I'm doing this challenge. It's 30 days. I don't get to drink. I don't get to go out with my friends. I don't, I don't, I don't. It's like, nobody would have fun with that. Even I wouldn't have fun if I thought about it that way, instead of being like, I get to be sober this month. And I get to kind of find or I get to find healthy coping mechanisms. I've had a stressful day. Cool. I get to find new ways to deal with my stress outside of having that glass of wine. I'm finding actual problem solving things to feel better. And so that was a long-winded answer, but sober curiosity is really just getting curious at the ways in which alcohol comes up into our lives and how we use it and the relationship we have with it. Yeah. I mean, I think that mindset shift that you just highlighted there applies to so much more than just this decision to drink or not drink. It's it's a game changer when we focus on everything that we'll gain, but it's tough because our brain has this built-in bias that we can only really comprehend and understand what we'll lose, inherently lose, because that's the only thing we've ever had an experience with. So how could we possibly comprehend what we will gain? And it takes creating that new experience, creating that space that allows for that new experience to even come up for you to actually start to understand and comprehend and be like, oh, I can have a more meaningful relationship here, or this Mm -hmm. relationship dynamic changed, or I just feel better not going out or going... 
I had the best time a few weeks ago. I went out until 2 a.m. No alcohol, just danced with my friends, hula hooped at the bar. I was like, what? I would never have done this without alcohol before. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up the next day and I felt fantastic. I felt fine. I was a little tired because I didn't get all that much sleep. But I was like, man, it's crazy. I never would have thought that though. I never would have had been open to that experience because I just didn't know it any, any better. And I feel like a lot of people out there could probably relate to that. Totally. And just like one thing that I want to hit on with the sober, sober curious and sobriety is like someone that goes sober curious. It's really, like I said, allowing that opportunity to see how sobriety fits into your life. And you might find like, you want to be completely sober for a month. And then you might decide that you want to have a drink on a special occasion. But then if you're someone that is like, maybe you go sober curious and you realize like, whoa, alcohol had like a really detrimental play in, or like role in my life. Like it did in mine, Mm. you might decide total abstinence is the route for you. And so I think it's just being honest with yourself, which is one of the harder things, but really getting honest in that experimentation. A thousand percent. One of the other things, and really last thing that I want to kind of talk on around this topic is this concept of sacrificing short-term pleasures for longer-term enjoyments, because mm-hmm. that has been one of my biggest lessons and takeaways from my own experience. And it sounds like just right off the bat, you can relate to that as well. How has that shown up in your life? And for context, I'm referring to, like, for me, the 10 shots going out and all that fun stuff was the short-term pleasure. But by removing that and kind of sacrificing that, I've been able to actually develop more meaningful relationships with those same people that I would be going out with and doing that experience. But now I feel like I actually get to know them and not just the version of them where our lives suck and work sucks and we're just bonding over that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's really easy to think back on my drinking and in the moment be like, Oh gosh, if I had a drink with everybody right now, like this, that would be so much fun. But then I like think about that. I'm like, that would be short-term fun, right? Like me getting drunk with my friends and rowdy would be short-term fun versus me going out with my friends, sober, having a great time. Like you said, having meaningful conversations, really enjoying myself, waking up another day sober. Like that is the long-term effect of it for me. Getting to be here right now and have this conversation with you is like, at the time it was, I really had no idea. Like when I decided to stop drinking, I was scared shitless. I didn't know if I was ever going to get to reach those long-term things that I thought sobriety would bring me. And honestly, I couldn't even think that far ahead, but I remember vividly, like so many people, when I stopped drinking, being like, well, you're going to drink at your wedding. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, I have to drink at my wedding. I mean, everybody drinks at their wedding. Right. And by the time I got to my wedding, it was like, there was no way in hell I would ever even think about picking up a drink to have, because at that point I was already sober for three years and living a life that I could have never imagined for myself. And I think that's what you have to do in those situations or when you're in sobriety, like as you were talking about, it's like, I could have a drink right now with my friends, or I could choose 
to not drink one more day and wake up that much closer to the person that I've always dreamed of becoming. And for me, that's what sobriety is. Every day that I wake up and I say, I'm not drinking today, it keeps me closer to the person that I've always wanted to become. And it's really been the catalyst to getting me here into these opportunities of connecting with other impactful people. And so when you're thinking about like, I don't know, could I do it? You got to think long-term, you got to think big picture, right? You don't want to wake up at the end of your life and look back on all the things that you could have done Instead, look back on all the things that you did get to do. And so really thinking long-term of like, is sobriety something I'm interested in? Or if you're already sober, like it's going to bring you so much closer to this person that you have always dreamed of becoming. Like I tell people my sobriety has brought me closer home to myself than I ever could have imagined. And it's opened up more doors than I ever could have. But if I would have just been thinking about the short-term I never would have been here. I never would be doing the things that I'm getting to do today. Mm. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I I got a question. Is your husband also on a similar journey or is he social drinker? And you're laughing. So (laughs) he's not sober. (laughs) What is, what has that dynamic been like? I'm, I'm really curious there because having gone through obviously my solo journey solo, I'm a little bit nervous to the point of, well, when that person does come along into my life, how do I navigate that? And Mm -hmm. what, what has that been like for you? Yeah. So we met when I was sober, uh, just before a year of sobriety. And I mean, the first date I was like, I don't drink just, you know, like I don't drink. And I think if you are navigating dating, you have to be honest about like where you are at and the things that you are seeking. And for me, again, at the time, I wasn't really looking for somebody that was sober as well. And Jordan has been like the biggest supporter in my sobriety. Like when every time that I've gotten a year chip, he's always at the meetings cheering me on right alongside of me. And when we're doing things together, it's like he might have a drink, but it's not really like he's getting messed up when we're spending time together. He's not drinking during the week when we're hanging out at home. He might have like a beer with dinner or something. It's very casual. Um, And he does socially drink with his friends. And I think in all honesty, that for me wasn't really something that I feel was anything that bothered me lately. I feel like he and I have had honestly this is just me being truthful of like, we've had more conversations probably in the last year of me just being like, have you ever thought about, you know, getting curious with your relationship with alcohol? Because I'm surrounded by a group of sober women and he doesn't have a lot of friends that are sober outside of like me and my group of friends. And so we've just been having like that discussion and he's done sober months with me and things. And we've talked about like how great that's felt. And so I think little things like that have helped him to see like, oh, I don't always need to have like a beer after work where I feel like when we first started dating, he was very much just like a social drinker and how most of us society in America is. And when we've done, we did like 30 days of the 75 hard and you don't drink during that. And that like, for him, he was like, I felt so good, like not hungover, not foggy. And so I think for us, it's just like 
a very open and honest relationship of communication. And if I'm ever feeling like, hey, I'm in a situation that I want to leave, we'll leave. And if I ever am like, Tordo, I think we got to ring it in a little bit. We have a little bit of conversation around it because I think it is just, it's a day-to-day thing of us figuring out what feels good to us. And if there is something that we're invited to, or, you know, we go to something and I'm feeling like I want to leave, he's very supportive of that. It, it is though a learning journey. I have a lot of friends that are single navigating it. And for them, they found putting that they don't drink in their dating profile because that way then it's out in the open for someone versus them messaging them and saying like, Hey, do you want to get drinks? It doesn't go down into this like discussion. I did have a friend. She messaged somebody back on a dating app and was like, he messaged her and was like, you want to get, or said something like drinks question mark. And she goes, I don't drink. And he goes water. (laughs) And I thought that was pretty funny. She, she was like, okay, I drink water. I don't drink alcohol, but yeah, I'd meet you for some water. Like, because I mean, it's true. That's the thing. Everybody asks you out for drinks when you're dating. And so I think like advice for you, Corey is asking yourself, like really getting honest with what you're looking for in a partner, because at the end of the day, it's like, if someone drinks, yes, that could be a huge part of who they are, or it could just be something they casually do on the side. But it goes back to like, are you looking for someone that's going to grow with you? That's going to challenge you. That's going to make you a better person. And I think that's like the bigger question is like, there are definitely people that drink and it's not a part, big part of who they are. And like, that would is like a big thing with Jordan is it's not a big part of who he is. He's like the kindest, most caring human on the planet and like the best husband and dad. And like, we have plenty of different things that we conflict over and we have to work through and discuss just like any other relationship. So I think it's just getting really clear on like the type of person that you're looking for. And if the drinking is something with that person, you'll know whether or not like, oh, this is going to be an issue or you know what? It's more just like something that they also do very casually. And I think it's just deciding what you're looking for in that partner. Yeah. That's refreshing to know. I I just love each piece of advice that you shared there. It's refreshing to know that you don't have all the answers. You guys are still figuring it out as it goes. So I think that's the biggest takeaway I have from most of these conversations on the show is I like to sit down with people that know what they're talking about, have had certain experiences and continue to lead in certain areas of life, but they're very transparent and like, Hey, look, this is my experience. This has worked for me. Try it Mm -hmm. out. It might work for you. It might not work for you. Take it, leave it. Just try. Be curious with it. If nothing else, Alex, this has been a blast. I can't believe 45 minutes has blown by. I would love to have you back on at some point and uh, continue this conversation, but I want to highlight all the things that you're doing and just take a second to say thank you for coming on here, sharing your wealth and knowledge and really just leading by example, being that voice that is out there, putting yourself out there constantly on social media and trying to change this societal culture that you and I have hit on throughout this episode. I see the impact that you're making and I just want to acknowledge you for that and hope that you keep going in it because it's been really, really refreshing to see. So thank you for everything that you're doing. 
Thank you. I love, love, love to see all this content that you're putting out, especially about your sobriety journey. I think it's really cool and empowering to see the different ways that you've shared, you know, exploring Austin, looking for sober places to go and things like that. It helps people to see like, oh, I can be a social person. I can do the things that I love and alcohol doesn't have to be at the root of every decision or event or thing that I do. Absolutely. Thank you for that as well. Where can those listening in, if they're curious and they Mm -hmm. want to learn more about you, your platform, all the things you're doing, you're hosting this sobriety meets sober curious, awesome retreat and Joshua tree at the start of next year. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where can people connect with you more and find more about that? Yeah. I'm on Instagram, just Alexandra's honor. And I also have a podcast called creating ripples podcast, which Corey's episode is going to be coming out, I think right after this one. So next week, so definitely go listen to it. Um, But I would love if this episode impacted you in some way, or, you know, you're sober or sober curious, shoot me a message. I love nothing more than talking to other people that are on a journey, looking at their relationship with alcohol and just finding out how I can support them along the way. Alex, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Stay warm. Hopefully uh, the lakes fully (laughs) thaw here and you can get that inaugural cruise in soon. Yeah, I'll send you a video. I think we're going out this weekend, so I'm excited. That's good. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap. I appreciate you joining us today. Remember to stay curious out there, whatever you're doing. You're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. Until next time, flow on, my friend.